0: This is Anthony Pascal. And this is Laurie Elster. And this is the All Access Star Trek Podcast. Today we're going to review Star Trek Picard, Episode 308, Surrender. But we're going to start with the news, and I'm going to be honest, we were hoping that we would have a lot more news to talk about, because it's First Contact Day. Happy First Contact Day. By the time you hear this, it'll be over. But we were thinking there were going to be some great big new announcements, and we didn't really. We got some character posters.
1: You know, I apologize to our listeners for leading people astray because I assumed that since they announced big things last week, that they must be saving some more stuff for this week. And I guess they've just decided First Contact Day is no longer a day to pile on a bunch of announcements. They decided, for whatever reason, to announce all the things they had to announce in the month prior. And they made three big announcements, the Discovery thing. Uh, the renewal of Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks and and the announcement of a whole new show, Starfleet Academy. All of those were big things, two of which happened last week. So,
0: yeah, we thought maybe they were going to hold out for some kind of Michelle Yeoh announcement, thinking that way that it would really stand alone. But they decided not to. They had stuff on social media to celebrate First Contact Day. They Lots didn't of stuff. Forget about it. Social, yeah, yeah, they had all kinds of things going on. I um, mean, they did give us so for Strange New Worlds, they put out all these very nice character posters
1: <laughs> i mean they're, they're, they're fine um they're simple everyone's looking up captain pike's hair is kind of down to a normal level so i think they're gonna you know because his hair got bigger and bigger over the season so we'll have to see if it there it's reset um but uh <laughs> yeah the, the only thing new in there was um uhura looks to be an ensign now she's no longer has the cadet badge you know we kind of guessed that would happen right
0: Yeah, it makes sense. There were not posters for Carol
1: Kane or uh, Kirk. What's it? Paul Wesley. I mean, I was surprised there was no Carol Kane. I'm wondering like how, I guess she's not a series regular. She's a recurring character, but so too was Hammer. And there was a Hammer poster ahead of season one.
0: Right. I mean, I also think that Chief Engineer should be a main character.
1: Yes. The new shows like don't. You know, the Titan doesn't have one. Uh, Discovery <laughs> never had one. The chief, I, I, They've just kind of moved away from the chief. And maybe it's just because chief engineer ends up just being a techno babble character. And, you know, modern shows just feel like we don't want to do that.
0: I like a good chief engineer. Um, there's one more fun thing, though, which is Sally Rose getting posted. She did this herself. This great clip. Of some of them on the set dancing. So it's Ethan Peck, Rebecca Romaine and then Anson Mount comes in. And it's just, they're all dancing. It's just adorable. It's like a few seconds long, like five, 10 seconds, five seconds. Anyway, you watch it. If you watch it over and over, you will just feel happier.
1: Yeah, the only other things that happened on First Contact Day were like minor merchandise things. So you guys may remember a company named Corgi that made die cast stuff, even going back into like the 70s. They announced that they're coming back with new Star Trek diecast, but they didn't release any images or anything. The Starfleet Command game added the Titan to the game, which nice. uh, ex- excited Terry Battalis And uh, Exo Six announced a, a wharf figure from First Contact with the spacesuit. The no big announcements, you know, related to merchandise. So I, I guess First Contact Day isn't a big deal anymore. I'm wondering. I hope that Star Trek Day is going to still be a big deal.
0: I think it will be. I mean, they did, like, for First Contact Day, they did a cute little TikTok video. I think they just are shifting what it is. Yeah. And maybe, you know, it's just we didn't know because we were comparing it to previous ones where we had big announcements.
1: We've reset our expectations, but we did have announcements in March and April that were significant.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. And it's why we were wondering why they were coming then. But we still got them. Yeah, One thing we want to let people know uh, that's up on the site, by the way, is Matt did his usual thorough detailed review, this time of the Star Trek Next Generation 4 movie collection 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. It's a set, lots of pictures, comparison shots, details, special features, everything you always want when Matt does a review. And usually by the end, you want to buy the thing that he's
1: talking about. And all four of those are available individually. If you just want to buy First Contact, which is appropriate. Exactly. Let's do a a bit of card news roundup before we get into the review.
0: We got some clarity on the whole James Kirk remains being at Daystrom Station. Because, you know, we were joking last week about maybe it'll be Zombie Kirk. But I did have some concerns that they were going to resurrect him. And uh, they're not, at least not for the moment
1: so terry was at GalaxyCon the previous weekend and this issue came up and he basically said he didn't like the way kirk died and was left on viridian 3 in generations and so he put him a daystrom but it was he said someday someone could do something with that maybe an animation or something but it was in no way them telegraphing they were going to resurrect kirk And, you know, and that's that he mentioned the book, The Return, which is the Shatner verse book from 1996. Um, He said, maybe it's a little bit of a nod to that. I'm surprised how many people some people were upset over this, you know, upset that, you know, that they aren't resurrecting him. Like, why did you put it in if you're not going to do it? You know, it's a little Shatner interruptus, perhaps. Um, (laughs) I thought it was a little bit of a distraction in the episode, but I can't be upset about something like this.
0: No, but I was, I was worried they were going to do it because there, there are so many things dropped here and there that you don't know what's going to be big and what isn't. Look, I remember before Discovery premiered when people were looking at the serial number of the ship and saying it meant it would be a Section 31 show. And I was like, oh, they would never do that. And they're never going to bring back Section 31. It was such a misstep. And now it's all over everything.
1: So Right. Although that was more because Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller is a fan of Halloween. Yes. And you know, had, but Section 31 did show up, but that's, you know, it, people were right guessing, but that you know, the clue wasn't the clue.
0: But when they drop these things, you never know if it's is it an Easter egg, is it a fun mention, or is it actually leading up to something bigger? And you can't you can't always tell.
1: We're gonna get into that in in the in the review later. There's a few of those little moments in this episode where you're like is this an homage? I don't Ritz. know. You know, by the way, Shatner made a joke on April 1st about, you know, showing up on the station as well. So he, he's getting in on the fun. Yeah. The more significant thing that Terry talked about at GalaxyCon was the Star Trek Legacy show and how he ends the season. In talking in the context of Star Trek Six, he again reiterated how he liked how that closed off the, you know, narrative loops of those characters, especially Kirk, and that they're going to do the same for the next-gen crew in this one, in season three.
0: Yeah, with all this talk of a spinoff, people sometimes forget, oh, right, this was originally talked about as giving them the proper ending. (laughs) So it will do that.
1: He has revealed that the season finale title episode is The Last Generation, which is a bookend to the first episode which was called the next generation right and on twitter you know he made it clear this is the last you know this is their last appearance in you know that's how it was put together and that makes sense because even if there is a spinoff i can't imagine there'll ever be another thing where they're all together again sitting around that conference table Exactly. We may see one or all of them in other things at other times, but I, I don't think we'll ever see the next generation together. Right. We're going to see them in episode eight, nine and ten. And that's that's that. So you know, enjoy it while you got it, I think is the message there. <laughs> um, and I'm enjoying it.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I'm loving it. He did also just talk about if he does get to explore more in this timeline, that he would love to check in on other characters and storylines from the other shows of Next Generation's era, like he talked about. I'd like to see what's going on with the Klingon Empire, or the Doctor from Voyager, or or Kieran Arise. And of course, uh, he did say, you know, Riker needs to be involved no matter what, because he's so fun. Can't argue with that.
1: Everyone's blown away by Jonathan Frakes in season three, myself included. He's just... And Terry talked about that at the panel. He's just doing his best work.
0: He's also... They've given the character so much more than he ever got before. I mean, there he had great, a few great episodes like Frame of Mind, where he really got to do something interesting. But a lot of times he didn't get to do big, emotional, deep, rich scenes. No. And he's obviously so capable of it because he's really delivering.
1: That discussion wrapped up with what can fans do? Um, you know that there is a history of fan involvement and he's like, letter writing campaigns don't work. don't don't do that. don't
0: well, what's a letter? <laughs> yeah
1: don't <laughs> send like a, but during like two decades ago, it was a thing to like send things to network like you decide. you know, there's examples of people like you know send sending something from the show and everyone sends it to the network as a you know, it's some kind of show of unity um and he don't joked do about that can- <laughs> Every, sending chamomile tea because Worf likes chamomile, but then he's like no don't do that right so it won't work it'll just annoy people but you know, he's like you know maybe you know, it'll help if you watch the show if you talk to other people who maybe walked away from star trek to watch the show and uh you know he said be loud people have been using the hashtag and uh signing the petition which is like since we first mentioned the petition two weeks ago, it's got another 6,000. So I think it's up to 16,000 now. So nice. There's no magic number. You know, if it hits said like, you know, Paramount says, OK, you get a show now, but can't hurt. Yeah. He didn't mention the petition. He's not real. You know, he I don't think he wants to be looking like he's pushing people to do this, but it's happening whether he's involved or not. Right. The only thing he did this week was someone said something about Alexander on to him on twitter and he posted a tweet saying he'd be in the star trek legacy show which i'm not sure if that was a joke or not
0: yeah i don't know who's still (laughs) interested in alexander to be honest
1: yeah i mean then i mean the joke is that Worf is a deadbeat dad you know like like he had his whole list of all of his accomplishments and you know he left out father of alexander but maybe maybe a little closure on that DS Nine did do an episode where there was an attempt to bring Alexander back. He grew up really fast, and was on a Klingon ship and all that. But still, I'll file that one under "I don't need to know." I don't care. Yeah, I don't. I don't need closure on Alexander.
0: It's fine, but not that interested.
1: I mean, it is the only thing. Is this you know, season three is all about family. You know, Riker's family and Picard's family and Jordy's family, and the one person here who you know did have a kid. not a single mention of him all season long. It just reinforces how Worf is like, you know, Alexander who?
0: Alexander's not really on his radar. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't that, he wasn't good with him when he was there on the ship. Yeah. He was not a good dad. Sorry, Worf. We love you, but your fathering is lacking. And now for something very fun. Uh, Tony interviewed Brent Spiner about this, about this week's episode. Um, And it's a very fun interview. I think, you know, we see so much stuff with him where he just likes to sort of joke around with people and be kind of a smart aleck. And I'm glad that he gave you some some good answers to your good questions.
1: By the way, even though I do these interviews, Laurie and I are doing these interviews. We work on the questions together, but it just logistically was easier for me to do the actual interview. And, you know, I started like, what did they talk you into it? And he immediately just started joking. And I'm like, oh, God. But then he then he flipped and he's like, no, this is why I decided to do it. And and so it was a good interview. We're going to play some clips from the interview.
0: So the first one we're going to play is when you asked him about taking the character to a different place, like, did you know, was part of the appeal of doing Star Trek Picard, the opportunity to take the character to a different place that hadn't been seen yet on Next Generation or even in the films. He agreed, yes, and talked about what he had always wanted to do with the character.
2: You know, I've said this a million times, but uh, Roddenberry, when I first met him, uh, and he was describing the character of Data and what he wanted from Data was that uh, Data would get closer and closer and closer to being human. And at the end of the day, he's as close as he could be and still not. And I think this kind of addressed that even more. It continues that journey of data getting so very close to being human. And, uh, and, and still, he's not. He, he is still an android. Um, he still has an artificial body. And, um, and he still has confusion about the human condition. And what it means to be human. Uh, and and that makes him, I think, even more human. Because we all struggle with that. Yeah,
1: and then I want to kind of ask him, I, I don't know if fans remember, there was this controversy after Picard became a robot on Memory Alpha, where they were debating whether it was a new character or not. And there was right. a separate page for Picard. Like Spock was just one page for Spock, but now there was two pages for... Picard, because they're like, no, this is a new character, and there was a huge debate. Eventually, they decided, no, it's all Picard, whether he's a robot or not. And it occurred to me, like, is in his mind, is this one character or two? Daystrom Android Five Ten is a page on uh, memory Alpha. I have a feeling after this new episode, they might rethink that. So I asked him specifically, does he think of it as the same character?
2: I do, because he's still equipped with his original memories. I mean, he. You know, if your computer blows up, I mean, data is a machine. He didn't die. He, 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 like a human being dies. He's he's a machine, and if your computer blows up and you can retrieve the hard drive and all the information in it, uh, that computer is it, it, that's just a shell. The body was just a shell, and so he's taking with him on this journey everything that came before.
0: I mean, what I thought. It was really interesting when he talked about how, like, it's just a shell. I was thinking, I mean, he's he and Picard are pretty much the same thing now.
1: Certainly, from a technical point of view. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, as much as Picard is Picard, then data is data for the most part, except that he now has this other big personality,
1: too. And he's close, as he said, he's closer to being human than ever before, but not, necess- but not human. From a, certainly from a technical point of view. Right. And he did, like I l- asked him later, what, you know, about l- saying goodbye to Lore, and he's like, well, Lore's still in there now. So it's Data, but he has a darker side. And, you know, uh, he's not saying there is going to be like evil stuff, but that uh, Lore, you know, Lore was absorbed into this new Data, even though he's still Data.
0: Right. We'll have some Lore-ish moments. Not necessarily he suddenly turns evil, but... <laughs> But you know, yeah. like we've seen in the episode, we see we see
1: little bits of lore. There was a lot of talk about how everyone's doing really well and what it was, you know, it was great to work with Lavar on their scenes together. So, I kind of asked him a joke awkward question cuz in the past Brent Spiner has made no secret about the fact that he didn't like working with the cats that played Spot and he's called them terrible actors and and <laughs> all sorts of mean things about these cats. So I asked him about you know, how he felt about seeing that they were going to put a cat in the script. And uh, he surprised me. He was, you know, kind of on board for the new cat.
2: Well, no, it went really well because uh, this cat loved me. And no, I'll tell you what, uh, Ron and Brandon, Ron Moore and Brandon Braga used to write those scenes with Spot. And they always wrote things just to irritate me. Uh, they would would write things for this cat to do that it couldn't possibly do and uh, so we would be there all day long working uh, because the cat was not a very good actor and uh, this cat was a brilliant actor Uh, I would say this cat is considered the Daniel Day Lewis of cats and uh, uh, it, it wasn't really required to do anything other than snuggle with me which it did brilliantly. So I was I was fine doing that scene. I love
0: that he said it was the Daniel Day-Lewis of cats. <laughs> <laughs> and that it was a good snuggler. That's good.
1: So is, is it a, a method acting cat? Is Apparently. That, uh, yeah, I guess so.
0: I guess it did a lot of prep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the cat demanded that you call it spot on the set. So no, that was fun.
0: All right. Well, with that, I think uh, we can get into a review.
1: Let's talk about Surrender.
0: What is your big picture?
1: I thought it was excellent. Definitely better than last week's episode. Part of me still feels like these two last episodes would have worked as a single episode, maybe. There's a bit of filler in both of them, but more so in the previous one. Both are elevated by excellent performances, but there's a little bit of wheel spinning going on. Um, But this one, much less so, I like the tone of it. And there's a couple weird things and frustrations, but overall, I said excellent, maybe very good. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I think it's funny because so much of the time we're just sort of saying the same thing about a lot of the episodes, which is really enjoyed it. Love the performances, great characters, a few things that kind of bug us all in all really fun. So this, I mean, I agree this, it did feel like a two, this was a great part two of a two-parter. I don't think like, to me, whatever might be filler in this was very minimal. Like I would say the only filler stuff for me was we can't get rid of the partition. We need the partition. Let's get rid of the partition. So (laughs) it was like, it was a little bit like, don't cross the streams. Okay. We have to cross the streams, but with no time in between to make it, make more sense. But I loved the episode. Beautiful character work. So many rewarding scenes. So much emotion. And wow, like brutal. And the way, look, Picard has been, that's what differentiates this show, among other things, is that it's always been more vicious. And we see more death and pain and suffering.
1: A few people dead. The characters we knew the names of died.
0: And other characters in brutal, horrible Terrible ways.
1: But yet, even with all that like heavy duty serious stuff, and then there was major character beats going on, especially with Riker and Troy mm-hmm. and with Data and Lore, it was still a lighter episode, ironically. There was a lot of real fun moments, little moments, light moments, which the previous episode, there was like, they didn't have that. And I think a lot of that is because they really rely on Frakes and Dorn to lighten things up a bit and when they're not there you don't get that and i think it's needed
0: yes and lore like <laughs> brent spiner as lore did add some good comedy also
1: yeah and as data 2.0 whatever we're gonna call him right you know he's kind of funny too yep um and picard even got a little a little laugh in with his um i did like how they immediately like had to do the thing of are you a changeling? You know, and then the story, and then it was another story about how people don't like his wine.
0: I know nobody likes his (laughs) wine. I always think, oh, it's this great wine. You'd be so happy to get it, but apparently not. Yeah. Although I did, if I'm going to nitpick right now, because I might as well. I loved that little exchange. I thought it was great. But then later, like, Raffi just says to Worf, like, it's me. And he goes, okay. And I thought, oh,
1: well, that's a little risky. (laughs) Maybe that was their secret code word.
0: (laughs) that they'd worked out before
1: just keep it simple <laughs> just say it's me
0: yeah just say it's me everything's fine don't worry it's me okay yeah, but i did like that scene and that was funny yeah
1: you know, I, I mean we've only got two more episodes they do now have this changeling detector because it can get a little tedious the kind of um you know are you are you not you know prove it to me you're not thing can get every time two people meet right you know
0: <laughs> every time you go into a new room
1: you have to prove that you're you. But it, they made a fun moment out of it this time, for sure.
0: He didn't quite call it sour mead like Worf did. But.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. Do you feel like they are? We got a lot about Jack that kind of came right up to the line. I know. If it weren't for the last episode, because, you know, and the last episode ended with Vatic saying, Jack, it's time for you to find out who you really are. All episode, I was waiting for them to say, Oh, okay, this is it. This is the thing. Right. And they kept on getting really close without saying it.
2: Right.
0: So let's break down what we know and try to put this together. So, (laughs) because we, so Vatic told, said to Jack, she asked Jack if he knew deep down what he is. Talk to him. She said, you're hearing the voices. She talked about after years of solitude, which I assume she's referring to herself. And she says she can help him make it all make sense. She knows about the door that he's seeing. She told him she wants his gifts.
1: Which she knew all about. She knew he could project into people. Yes. That he he is becoming who he was meant to be. She definitely knows what his deal is. And it obviously has something to do with her masters because they want him badly. It has something to do, or maybe with what they removed from Picard, right? They removed Picard's, the 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 part of his
0: his parietal lobe that were infected or not with aromatic syndrome,
1: which Jack also has, or he has what people think is that, but maybe is something else. There were a couple of telling things. One is, when Seven decided to stay on the bridge at the end, vadic said it's it's fitting that yeah. Seven chose. Okay, yes. So what's special about Seven? Is it her hair?
0: Yes, it's her blonde hair. <laughs> you know? It's her pretty blonde hair.
1: And then Deanna is figuring things out too, um, where you know, she talked about this darkness.
0: Which she said isn't in him, but it's around him and passing through him. That's how she described it. Also, by the way, A plus to her for saying, I'm going to talk to your son to Bev. Thank you. I feel (laughs) like everybody keeps forgetting that he's also Beverly's son and that she knows him better and that she raised him and loves him more, truly. And everybody just speaks to Picard. So I was like, "Go, Deanna, thank you. The two friends are back together.
1: And she says there's an ancient voice in him, a weak, ancient voice. So it's the Borg. I mean, come on, it's the Borg. It's Pa Wraiths, I'm gonna give them a minor, I'll give them an outside chance with the ancient thing. But the seven comment says it's the Borg.
0: So what if when the Borg took Picard and he was Lacutus, they put something there, they left something there. Which and, and disguised it to look like aromotic syndrome. It could have been mistaken, you know. They could have done that on yeah. Like a backup,
1: like a backup plan, because right. I mean, something was connecting him to the Borg during Star Trek First Contact, so they didn't remove everything, right? It's all adding up to that. But the point is, did you expect them to explain it? Like at the end, it was fun, kind of at the end when when Vatic is finally kind of explaining it, and Jack's kind of into it. He's like, "Really, you know about the door too?"
0: Yeah. And
1: And then Data comes online and... (laughs) And they
0: suck her out into space. And she really shattered because I was remembering like back in the day, changelings could, like on Deep Space Nine, they could change into something that can survive in space. But she looked pretty shattered. I mean, I guess all the pieces could somehow...
1: I don't know. I think they made it definitive that she's dead. (laughs) Here's my headcanon. You know, they keep on saying these changelings are different. So when they become more like a human... Um, or an organic being, and vadic said that that creates pain, I think they become more like that being in many ways, which is why, even though it's completely ridiculous, Worf, they fall down when they get stabbed, for example, right by Worf. Now, Worf is smart enough, unlike Captain Shaw, to actually vaporize. Um, yes,
0: to turn w- around and vaporize them.
1: Why he and Rafi bothered with the sword? They could have just...
0: Yeah, especially just- <laughs> Raffi, that whole scene. I was like, what is she doing? This yeah. is not going to kill them anyway. They're just going to rise up.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, again, why the one-two things- thing of well, the sword it- and the phaser?
0: Because it would look cool.
1: Exactly. Which yeah. is fun. That's- I'm not, you know, and, and it gave them a fun moment to kind of talk about, you know, or is she leading with her arm or whatever it was. And then of-
0: Riker told her she was scary. So I like that, too. Yeah.
1: Uh, my favorite little, I mean, just there's so many little things But I think it like took, you could almost see someone in the writers were realizing, oh, wait, Deanna's never met Rafi, you know? That,
0: I absolutely (laughs) loved that moment. I thought it was great that they they not only like introduced themselves, but they had a little moment. Yeah. And I I thought that was terrific. There was so much terrific dialogue. In this, I mean, I, best lines, I have a million things in there, but and I, we won't go through all of them. But there are so many great little bits of dialogue that just spark it up so much.
1: No, no, it's very, very well written. So, I, you know, so that's I think we, you know, I'm frustrated on the level of Jack information, but it's kind of by design. I'm, you know, I guess uh, that they're going to save that for the finale and save the reveal of the true big bad
0: right i assume we'll find out most of that in episode nine and then have to save the day in episode
1: 10 well episode nine has got to be frontier day they can't drag this out anymore <laughs> They at the end they said it's like hours away so yeah. are we gonna have an episode that takes place in that like short you know two hour period or whatever it is nine and ten are supposedly kind of like a movie in in, in themselves so I think like it's going to as a
0: combination or each
1: as a combination, like you could watch them as a movie.
0: Do you know if they're um the same general length as the other episodes? I have don't been? know.
1: And I haven't seen them by the way. Yeah, and we I'm, don't have them yet. But you know, Terry has described them to me. He directed both. I, I certainly hope we meet the boss since Faddick is now gone in episode nine.
0: It's a good thing. The face isn't living in her arm is all I have to say.
1: That was such a weird theory. I don't get that. <laughs> She's dead. It's over. But there's still changelings all over. There's fake Tuvok. They're all over the place. You know, right. so her gang of changelings, the Shrike gang are all gone.
0: Right. They've killed all the ones who are on the Titan and the Shrike is gone now, too.
1: With John Luke's body. I mean, that was when they were leaving the ship. I'm like, you're leaving his body there? I mean. Well, who like,
0: cares about his body?
1: I don't know, it's just kind of one would think they'd take it back.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm glad they didn't. Weird thing to get hung up on people's remains.
1: <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Obviously the people at Daystrom wanted it. One I mean, this is such a nitpick, but I didn't understand so so when they showed Worf and Rafi on the Shrike, they said, Okay, let's get back to our shuttle, implying that they took a shuttle to the Shrike. But in a wide shot you could see La Serena flying around. On its own, I
0: guess. I was but, very confused about all but that. But slightly discussion.
1: cloaked. And then later, Riker calls in from a shuttle, and they say, okay, your shuttle can dock. So what's the shuttle? Like, can't La Serena just dock with the Shrike and then dock with Titan?
0: Yeah, I didn't understand why. What the, What's the shuttle? Where'd you get the shuttle? Where did they And why doesn't from? anyone
1: beam anymore?
0: Yeah, there's a whole thing about the transporters. I mean, the changelings aren't using it, but why aren't our people using it? I don't know.
1: I'm sure there's some logic to it that I'm just missing, but, uh.
0: but that was confusing. I will say if we let's so let's talk about Riker and Troy then because so much went on with them. I I have a, a combination of gushy love for all their scenes and nitpicks. so <laughs> about some of the things that they said. I I loved their scenes together. I thought I got very emotional watching them. Um, And I thought they were funny and got some good lines in. But I felt like, oh, so first of all, now it's sort of her fault, really, that he left. Because she was feeling the weight of all the grief and his grief, but also everybody's. So she did something to him to kind of numb him, which left him feeling empty and hollow.
1: Yeah, some kind of mental Xanax or something, which kind of retcons Depende from season one. When we saw them, they seemed fine.
0: They seemed good, but they weren't good. I mean, I was speculating, I think, early this season about Nepenthe and how it didn't seem like a healthy thing that they were still there.
1: That was, I think, their way of saying, well, they seemed fine because what they wanted to do is create a tension between them and create some darkness within Riker, the death of the sun. So they had to bring the death of the sun back and explain why it's suddenly worse than it was two years ago. Right. And so this was kind of their way of doing that, to say that was a kind of false impression we saw earlier. The death of their son was destroying their marriage, destroying them as people, which is extremely normal. Oh, yes. You know, I guess I'm okay with that. I mean, it was weird. Like they were in a prison cell, and now they're going to have the big talk. You know, like, like you know, they got I know bigger... that they
0: never talked that. That was the first time it came up. But I guess also because she stopped doing that to him. Maybe. I mean, I did. There were some good lines, and they like when she said, "It's a very judgy foyer," says Troy. <laughs> but it made me wonder all kinds of things. Like, where's Kestra? Was a big thing for me. Concerned about that, but also, but I did. You know, I do think that some of Riker's earlier conversations made me understand that they were hiding out from the reality of life there. And that I kind of bought. I just don't like that. It is really Troy's fault.
1: (laughs) I guess I don't see it that way. I think mistakes were made on both sides and they were both apologizing to each other and revealing truths to each other. And they came out of it together. You know, they decided to leave Nepenthe and the the hipster cottage that they lived in um, <laughs> the
0: prairie what was something like retro <laughs> prairie hipster cottage i
1: can't yeah. even remember
0: <laughs> something like that they i mean i cried during their scenes i thought they were beautiful and deep
1: but you know but, but it was funny too she taught him a new betazoid word like is this the first one
0: baby of immense size <laughs> yeah
1: um, she joked that the changeling that impersonated him was good and bad, bad at pizza.
0: Yeah. And he said that's, you know, on brand basically is what he was saying. So that was good. I did find it a bit confusing that he talked about how he couldn't bear to see her being tortured anymore, but he was the one who was clearly physically suffering.
1: I guess they just didn't want to rough her up with, you know, bloody makeup as much as, as him.
0: Well, cause this was the first time we really got to spend some time with her
1: yeah it would have been bad if you know she was all beaten up now, i i liked their stuff and it was just it was you know she was good she was talking about how she understands how the changelings are different i thought it might have been interesting if because these changelings are different she could read them you know she can't read a normal changeling but maybe she talked about vatic's emotions her rage and her anger and i thought it might have been interesting if maybe she could read vatic or something but
0: I assume they have a reason they didn't want her to, so.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. But Deanna has more superpowers now, and I'm all for it, because her kind of half-assed, oh, I could sense that he's possibly lying, Captain, was just- But I don't know for sure. Yeah. You know, she's now Vulcan-level psychic.
0: Well, she's also Lwaxana-level. Like, you know, Lwaxana was a big mind reader and could communicate via telepathy also.
1: She went to graduate school. She got a doctorate in psychic stuff, and like Worf went back to school. yeah, you know, <laughs> and he, you know, so these people have grown, they've changed, and 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 it's obviously her powers are important uh, to the Jack story. Yeah, and so I thought it was good, you know, that so she could see the red door and get into his mind and guide him. We didn't see what happened. Did they even open the door? I no, think we just see like a hand going
0: standing there. We saw the keyhole.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: The keyhole. There's a lot of doors in this series. They don't open together. that damn
1: door in the next episode. I swear to God, <laughs> that door has got oh, to Oh, no, they're the
0: opening it. They're opening it in the next. They have to open
1: it in the next episode.
0: When Wharf rescued them, did you know that, that he was going to do it at that moment?
1: No, I just knew eventually he was going to show up.
0: But that moment for me was one of the most rewarding, thrilling, like I was crying and cheering at the same time. I was like to the point that people I live with were like, what's going on? My husband comes in. Are you okay? Because it was such a big moment. If I'd been in a theater, I would have yelled like I was so excited and it was an exhilarating moment. And I think it's been a while since I got that kind of a nice jolt from a Star Trek
1: show in a beautiful way. They've actually done that before season. the season. The the moment in episode two when the Titan jumps in to save Riker and Picard and Jack from the tractor beam, and it.
0: No, that was great, and I loved it. But this was like turned up to eleven for me. And then his whole thing of how he loves Troy <laughs> was so good. There was that was a beautiful thing, also. And she's just loving it. And Riker's like, I think this is more of the torture. Is this more torture?
1: Yeah, that was wonder- That was all played wonderfully.
0: Yeah, uh, like she's delighted.
1: <laughs> by the way, it's I mean the the Shrike was presented as a huge ship, right? It was the place was deserted. Like yeah. she said, most of the guys, most of the changelings were on the Titan, and we only saw like a dozen at most. Right. So we saw one guard. We you know, Worf probably killed a couple others.
0: Yeah, well, it just, it's that same thing of of what's happening on the Titan, which is there are exactly as many people around as need to be around.
1: Exactly. We need to kill someone. Let's add a few people and then let's kill them. Right. So who did you think? When Vanek said she was going to kill someone, I knew someone was going to die. Who did you think she was going to kill? Seven, obviously not. I thought Shaw, maybe Except that we kind of love Shaw now. Yeah, but. I didn't
0: think she was going to kill Shaw.
1: Then there's someone we've seen and we know their name. And then there's Rando. Because that was would be so cheap. I was like, please don't have her kill a Rando.
0: <laughs> and I, in my emotional, fragile heart, I'm going, please just make it be a Rando. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the best story choice, but just for my poor, tear-filled eyes.
1: It just the, you can't redshirt that to make it 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 just loses all impact.
0: Well, I thought they did a great job ju- given that it was horrible and that I actually really like that character, so I'm sad cuz I wanted to see more of her. I thought it was a great, really well done and and made the menace so strong and
1: terrifying. So right after she kills Taveen, she has Seven announced to the ship. And that reminded me a little bit of when Kruge kills David and Savick announces the same thing. There were little moments like this that you never know. Like, sometimes I've asked Harry about stuff like that. And he's like, "Uh, no, that isn't. Or yes, that was. So, like, for sure, I think when Geordi asks Data, how do you feel? The exact exact same line that the computer asked Spock after he was resurrected in Star Trek 4. I think that's definitely an homage.
0: Oh, do you know what it reminded me of? What? Was in Wrath of Khan, when McCoy says to Kirk, how do you feel? And Kirk says, young, I feel young.
1: It could have been that as a well. a little more
0: of that. Although, I guess thematically, the other one makes more sense. This one has more of the emotional
1: connection, maybe we just went through an episode where they're wearing all of their Easter eggs and connections on their <laughs> sleeves and on their pants. They have like cargo pants full of connections. They're more subtle now where you have to go, is that, is that one? And it doesn't, you know, if it makes you, if it evokes that, that's all that matters. It's not Yeah. in your face. And, and some of them are so subtle. Like, I mean, the biggest ones where Data's handing over all of these objects yeah. from his life and those are recognizable, but they weren't. They weren't too much, you know. Holmes obvious.
0: Tasha and the deck of
1: cards was good, and
0: that all those things made actually made perfect sense. And then Spot being the
1: big one—that was a nice touch. I would have liked to have seen a painting he made of LAL.
0: Yes. Well, LAL got one name drop, and then again. I'm sorry. Out goes the woman. They never they talked about <laughs> before more than they talked about her. So she was she got a brief shout out, and then ten minutes later, she what didn't exist anymore. That was it
1: for her. But there's like a really subtle thing, like the deck of cards that is the same deck of cards from all good things. Same, no, of
0: course it is, and that's great. I didn't look for that, but that's great.
1: They didn't use that deck of cards in the first episode of the series, which started with Data and Picard playing poker. Right. That shows you Dave Blass is like, get me the all good things deck of cards. Yes. Or we'll make it.
0: We'll do whatever we have to do. <laughs> and they found the original spot. Okay. They didn't find the original spot.
1: I, I thought that whole thing. I mean, I knew you must have known the trick he was playing by handing over yes, the little memory. Yes, of course. It was,
0: But it still worked, even though I figured it out while it was going on. I thought it made sense, like it fit, and it was meaningful and moving.
1: So this means that Data is Data. His memories start from Nemesis, but he now has emotions, and he can use contractions.
0: I think he has parts of lore,
1: yeah absolutely he's he's um like when he when
0: when he made his announcement and he said unwanted guests and monologuing protoplasms i'm initiating an immediate shift change i was like that
1: (laughs) is lore's influence for sure yeah he's he's got a little dark side in him yeah but no bad intent
0: right he's just got some of the creativity of lore
1: but he's still not human he's just closer
0: A lot closer.
1: Yeah, he took a big step. Well, it's been, you know, just like Deanna and Worf, they're all growing and evolving.
0: Yeah, he said his quote was great. He said, I'm mostly myself, albeit with a dash of computational joie de vivre, which I thought was great. But I also, you know, I wasn't a fan of the emotion chip storyline back in the day, because I thought that in some ways took away from what makes data interesting. And I didn't feel that way with this stuff. I feel like this is going to make, this isn't quite data. It's data, but not data. And he's going to be discovering who he is and what that means in an
1: interesting way. It was interesting that he's the one, because they were kind of all talking about factual stuff at that briefing scene, which we'll talk about later. And he's Mm. the one who brought up the emotional component and Jack. So he's, emotionally aware which is kind of a big deal yeah but since i've you know i just mentioned it you know the the big thing in this episode is this is the first time it took eight episodes this is the first time they're all together in the same room
0: and they acknowledged it they appreciated it which i liked i loved troy reaching out and taking bev's hand and them just having a moment to do their old thing it was great but then i thought you know the, there's a missing scene for me there. And then the missing scene would be that outside the conference room, Jack, Sydney, Alondra, <laughs> Seven, Rafi are out there going, What are they what are they all doing? How come we're not allowed in there? You know, maybe Shaw somewhere around too. But I'm like, I just it just made me wanna see like them trying to listen at the door, <laughs> something, something with all those people gathered, which, again, would have reinforced kind of this whole next generation idea, too.
1: Yeah, I thought about that at the time because they are they did start with small talk and it was a friendly thing. So it is kind of old friends getting together. But then they kind of switched to let's talk about the changelings and Shaw and Rafi at least and should seven. be in this meeting. Yeah. And, you know, every, they all should be in there.
0: Yeah. But it would have been fun to have seen them outside the room.
1: Just listening at the door. Yep. One thing I did like about this episode, and Sydney did play a part in this, is at the beginning, Jack is like, okay, something is up with me. I can hear people's thoughts and actually control people. And instead of spending, like, you know, Beverly was like, scans his brain a little bit, but instead of wasting time, I'm like, how many weird ass things have beverly and picard seen in their lives they were like yep that makes sense sure you could read yeah. minds
0: well and sydney backed him up so that helped
1: and they didn't waste any time going back and forth on no you must be hallucinating or you know it's like nope yep that's why they want you you are a psychic
0: so but all of this happening with jack is still fairly new so why now that made me wonder that too like, he's, he talked about that. He said something about that, like how it's now things are
1: changing. Well, I think it's actually the face. Um, we saw that the face could manipulate Vanek over time and space. So I think the face is reaching out to Jack, this ancient voice, as Deanna called it, and trying to activate Jack, to draw Jack to him. Right. You know, it's obviously important to the face to get to Jack. Now that Vadik, who was his, you know, kind of go-to person, what's plan B? Like, will Jack, you know, get? we've seen this before. Like, will Jack kind of be drawn to the face? Want to right. go? Maybe.
0: Right. Or it, be turned somehow at some crucial moment.
1: Um, I think that's possible. You know, if this is like his true connection to the universe or something like that.
0: But then it was telling that Deanna said it wasn't in him, but it was going through him. Like he was more of a conduit.
1: Now, last week we talked a lot about, does Beverly know what's going on more? This was the week that she would have said something. If, if, if next week she says, Oh, did I forget to mention (laughs) that's just going to be, I'm going
0: to be mad.
1: I will be angry, but it does. Things don't add up of what because vatic said he doesn't really belong to you as if beverly knew that so there's still i feel like there is a shoe to drop there but i kind of hope there isn't that makes any sense
0: she left him with a borg babysitter when he was little this episode was filled with great scenes and interactions that so it's it's Easy to just start list, like, I love this moment, I love this moment, this was a great line. And it's great that it's filled with all that stuff, and I still feel like we did move the story forward quite significantly.
1: Yeah, there was a ton of forward momentum. It was just kind of, I just wanted them to open that damn door.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, well, they will.
1: (laughs) I know, I know. But I'm not upset, it's more like, I just you know, which is a good thing. Yes, I really want to see the next episode, but it's it's a good cliffhanger. I thought the previous week was a bad cliffhanger. So um, it's such a good season. I never wanted to end, but here we are.
0: I know. I can't believe there are only two left. I'm getting sad about that because it has been, I've said this before, it's a gift. It feels like a present for all of us.
1: You know, I still feel like Seven doesn't Seven had some good moments in this one. I mean, she they, they are growing Seven a little bit. She gets to do cool things every now and then, but her personal issues with Rafi, I guess we're just not gonna those aren't her journey. But she had that thing with Shaw about talking about consequences, and then she decides to stay on the bridge.
0: Which I assume was guilt because she's the one who let the whole thing happen.
1: But then she got to blow up the ship, you know?
0: Right. He let her do it.
1: And she got the line, get off my bridge.
0: Yes, <laughs> she did. <laughs> but I would like to, first of all, I really, I feel like we were told there would be more interaction with, with and 7 and our next gen group. So I guess that's all coming in the next two episodes. Because I remember like Gates saying, it was so great working with you. And I'm like, what, have they, they haven't done anything together yet.
1: I don't think they've said a word to each other.
0: I don't think so either. And I would very much like to see them integrating because that first time when besides the, the Riker Shaw conflict, which she did tell him this time, my name is seven of nine, which I thought was great. Yeah. But Riker really liked her. And I just, and I thought, Oh, it's great. I want to see them together more. And then that was the end of that. Also,
1: this show has too many characters that you want to pay attention to because you want, you know, you want to really know more about Sydney um, and what her deal is, but there's just no, no time for that.
0: It's a good problem to have. We have too many fantastic
1: characters. Yeah. I mean, John Luke Picard himself kind of took a big backseat. He was a big part of the previous episode, but this week he was, which is fine. He was kind of barely there. You know, he was just watching as Geordie and Data and Lore were doing their thing, and then he kind of brought everyone together at the end.
0: And he does he's the he is the one who's pushing things forward, who's like, Data, it's great that you're back, but we really need you to take care of the ship. <laughs> Can you do that first and then we'll have a nice reunion? <laughs> yeah.
1: But that allows the Riker and Troy moments, the the Data and Lore moments. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fine. And he'll have plenty to do in the finale. The
0: Jordi and Data conversation was beautiful i thought
1: when its data is renewed yes
0: they talk about their friendship
1: because they could have just cut to the everyone's around the table scene but they gave them a moment those two characters a moment on their own because they were in a group together in engineering and then they were in together with everyone but in between they give them a little moment
0: which people would do they would take a moment to stop and turn and be like, I'm so happy to have my friend back. I I mean, I thought it was so earned. Like, the tears that I had on my face were so earned from all of this. There's been so much buildup through movies and Picard about Picard and Data. And I'm like, don't forget about Geordi and Data, because that was a really big one. And then when Troy sees them and she hugs Data, I thought that was nice, too.
1: She hugged Worf. She hugged Data. There's been a lot of hugging.
0: Yeah, Bev hugged Dwarf. Oh, she hugged Dwarf. There's so much hugging. I love it.
1: It's like Discovery.
0: I like hugging. I'm a hugger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else to say. You know, besides running through. You know, we like this. We like that. I did. I did like Vatic.
0: <laughs> this is your captain speaking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, my favorite vatic moment was when she was spinning around in the chair and said she's she likes it and is going to take it with her
0: she's going to take it with her she was having a good time she was smoking and then stomping the cigarette out she was basically just having a good time and i think she said fucking solids at one point
1: well that was her last line yeah when when seven said get off my bridge and she realized it's over she said fucking solids so she got the last line
0: it's a great last line
1: you know, there wasn't a lot of action and special effects. They've saved all that up for the two-part finale, I think. Yep. Counting their pennies. So the two-bottle show thing, the boarding of the USS Titan is over, and now on to Frontier Day.
0: Yeah, it's time to go save everybody.
1: Find out what Janeway's been doing with Frontier Day. <laughs> I'm not saying and she's in it. I don't think she is.
0: <laughs> I just want to find the room of all the full of all the people they've replaced. And see some familiar faces.
1: So onward and upward. Two more to go.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's going to be so brutal when it's over. But I feel like I'll just be crying and laughing and yelling. And it's going to be a loud viewing is all I have to say.
1: (laughs) Okay. So let's do our bits of the week. I'll start off. This is our first pod since April Fool's Day. And there were a few fun things on April Fool's Day. But my favorite thing was very subtle and it's from our loyal listener
0: and Yay, friend I'm so glad you're gonna talk about this
1: aaron watke from uh, star trek prodigy so he posted these pictures of a star trek old amt model kit from the 80s and it was a picture of his desk with this model that he said he was going to make and a lot of people were like oh i remember those models those, those are great but if you look on the desk you will see kind of obscured <laughs> a script for something called star trek pulaski uh, and it's a it's it's the pilot script uh titled a network for bruised feelings <laughs> <laughs> That's, and it's got a logo um and there was some like a uh, test art for it but again this is subtle right so so a lot most people like missed it i think they thought he genuinely was building a model And then the day afterwards, he kind of fessed up and he showed the pictures better. But that was my favorite April Fool's Star Trek prank of the year. Well done, Aaron.
0: That was my favorite also. So I'm very glad you brought it up.
1: So what is your bit of the week?
0: Mine is just some fun trivia that, you know, we do post this every year on social, but it always I love when people are surprised by the knowledge that we have given them. So March 31st was the birthday of William Daniels who people know from St. Elsewhere, Boy Meets World, Girl Meets World, the voice of Kit on Knight Rider. Um, but he was in a Voyager episode, and people forget that. Um, and it's the episode's called Critical Care. It's a seventh season episode. He was the voice of the allocator. I love that nobody knows that. I was listening to the Delta Flyers review, and they didn't even mention it. And they always go through all the guest stars. So somehow they missed that one, too, which was cool. And people are always like, oh, my God, he was the Night Rider car. So that's just a funny one. And he's he's 96 years old. Amazing. He's still married to Bonnie Bartlett, who was on St. Elsewhere with him as his wife. And she's also in her 90s. And they're both just kind of amazing.
1: So follow trek movie on social media you will learn something every week
0: absolutely that's it for another episode of all access star trek we will see you next week when we review episode 9 of star trek picard and if you like our podcast please come to the site to trek movie to, to talk about the podcast on our post and also please leave us a review on apple and a rating because it helps us a lot
1: goodbye bye